They say love is the strongest magnetic force on the planet Earth. But if this is really true, why is love such a complicated subject matter? Welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast, and I am your host, LaToya. I created this podcast in honor of my dad, who was an acclaimed television broadcast engineer for nearly four decades. He also hosted an award-winning radio show called Speaking of Sports, which is the inspiration behind the name of this podcast, Speaking of Love. My dad was an amazing guy who achieved levels of success that most people only dream of. He was held in the highest esteem, and yes, he was a star in the public eye. But on March 2nd of 2020, his private struggles became public when he murdered his wife, moments before taking his own life. So I created this podcast as a platform for spreading love around the globe while raising awareness for mental health and suicide prevention. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast, and I am your host, LaToya. I'm here today on my favorite day of the week, Saturday, with Michelle Pettis. She is here all the way from Annapolis, Maryland, to talk to us today. Hello, Michelle. How are you? Hi, LaToya. I'm great. I'm great. It's so good to see you. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much. I want to give a brief introduction of you with new insight about food and weight loss. Author Michelle Pettis, master food story finder and recovering food addict, shares her 42-year struggle with weight loss in her new book, Leaving Large, The Stories of a Food Addict. Her book debuted number 10 on the Amazon bestseller list for New Age Spiritual and Mental Healing category on November 30th of 2021. I'm so honored to have her here today as a guest. Thank you for being here, Michelle. Talk to us. Let us know how this all started for you. I I am delighted to be here. And um, you know what? I want to talk about it, but I also want to talk about just your podcast and the whole concept of speaking of love. Thank you. And the, the reality is how we how we manage food, right, is is very deeply connected to love. Because in so many cases, especially in our community, especially in black community, food is our love language, right? Food is our food is our love language. And and we were talking earlier before we came on. You're like, you come to Detroit, I got you, right? What are, you know, I'm 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 cooking it up for you. And and I and I felt the hospitality in that. I, I felt I felt the I felt the love in that. Um, but I do want to talk about how all of that is connected to my writing, how all of that is connected to my 42 year journey um, and, and battle with food and understanding what food really is, right? And understanding what love really is and understanding what loving myself really means. And um, yeah, and, and what that and what that's all about. And I, I do want to say that, you know, leaving large is just um, has been a labor of love. Mm-hmm. And when I say a labor of love, I mean the the writing of it. Um, was for my, I wrote it for myself, but publishing it, man, LaToya, I published it for the four out of five, really for the four out of five African-American women that are struggling with obesity, uh, either that are either overweight or obese. Mm-hmm. And I know the struggle. I know how challenging it, it can be. I know how depressed it can make you, how it can make you feel like you're, you're not lovable and that you're not even loving yourself. And I want to share through these stories that there that there is hope on the other side, that, mm-hmm. that there is a way out of it, and there is a way out of it if we just start thinking about food differently, 
and we just start using it for nutrition and nourishing nourishment. And when we start feeling emotions rather than six, um, suppressing those emotions, right? And rather than expressing them in a way that's unhealthy, that we go to the people in our lives because we manage food. We don't have a relationship with food. We manage food and we have relationships with people. And I think that's like has been the biggest thing that I have learned on this journey. Well, talk, take us back a little bit, Michelle. When did you first discover that you had a problem with food? Oh, man. You know, you know, that is, that is such an interesting question. It's a it's an interesting question and it's a hard question. And and the reason that I say say that is because it happens so gradually. Right. And it's 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 almost like the way that we gain weight. You know, you you gain a pound here, you gain five pounds here and it slips up on you and you just end up getting a getting a little side, getting a little extra larger, getting a little extra large, getting, getting a little extra, extra larger size, larger size. And you just keeps creeping up because we're we're not at least I wasn't used to being accountable. And then all of a sudden you you take a picture or you pass by yourself in the mirror and you're like, who's that? Right. Mm -hmm. Because you haven't really looked at your, you haven't really looked at yourself. And I, I will say that um, in my coaching, in my group coaching, I have a, a, a coaching program. I'm digressing a little bit, but it's called brand new because that's what my Facebook group is. That's what my, my YouTube channel is. That's what I am on Instagram. I am brand new. And that, that grew out of, my whole understanding that I had to have a brand new, I had to develop a brand new mindset around food and eating in order to stay on this path and to find health, health and wholeness and wellness. But back, back, but back, but back to your question. Um, there is a, a, a component of the training that is the letter A and that A stands, stands for alignment and accountability. And the only way that we can stay true to our path is through alignment and accountability. And I weigh every day. I look in the mirror every day and I'm using a tape measure to make sure nothing ever creeps up. You know, just you're not you don't wake up one day and say, oh, my God, how did I gain 50 pounds? Where, you know, where did that happen? When when did that happen? Because because sometimes what happens is um, our bodies. Our, our, not sometimes, but our bodies are a manifestation of what's going on with us, right? And totally. yes, and so you and I, can, you know, when I look back at old picture, at old pictures of myself, I'm like, I can see stuff was going on, and I was trying to manage that stuff, all this external stuff, all this stress with food. And the reality is, the only problem that food will solve is hunger. If, as as my friend Gabby Yudworth says, if you're not hungry, food is not the answer. You know, <laughs> you, know you know, food, 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 food is not food, food, food is not the answer unless unless you are hungry. And so we spend so much time. At least I spend so much time eating for reasons that had didn't have anything to do with hunger. Wow. And not even realizing it. And not even realizing it because it just shows up as this kind of feeling in the pit of your stomach and you think, I want to eat, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat something. I have a taste for something. And it's not always hunger. It's some, it's some external something, some frustration that has just happened, some, some sadness that has happened, some anger that has happened, some, some boredom that has happened, some loneliness and and we don't say, oh, I'm lonely. I think I'll eat a pizza. It, <laughs> right. It, it, it never happened like that to me. Right. But you just get this feeling. You just get this thing and you respond. Or at least I responded to responded with food when it really wasn't food that I wanted. And when you have this need, when you have this this healing that needs to happen and you don't understand that the healing needs to come from your relationships and you think that it's food, you keep going to food to try to get the healing. You keep going to food to try to get, and that's where the addiction comes in because you keep using the food to try to get this, this thing that you need and you can never get it from that. But we think that that's where the answer is. We get the, we get the feelings that we associate with certain foods 
confused, confused with the food. Wow. And, you know, Michelle, what's so fascinating about what you're saying is that I myself experienced that I went through a, a very heartbreaking time uh, last year and I ended up in the hospital after my father committed murder, suicide. And then I ended up going through a, a very painful divorce. And I was actually in a hospital laying in a bed. My blood pressure was off out of control and they wouldn't let me go home. Here I am, this self-sufficient person. I do everything for everyone else. And they're telling me that I can't go home until my blood pressure goes down. So I made a conscious decision that day to change my eating habits. They had all these medications that they wanted to give me and all these different things that had more side effects than high blood pressure itself. So taking an introspection of my life and looking over things, I realized that I had to change my relationship with food. It wasn't, like you said, because I was hungry. It was because I was sad. My father was gone. You know, me being a woman who can, I cook very well. I bake very well. Everything's from scratch. You know, I was using that as a mechanism to heal myself when really I was making myself worse. So mm -hmm. There's a lot of insight in what you're saying, and I appreciate you for bringing forth that message. And, and what, what you're talking about, Latoya, is, is so, so, so important. And, here, and here's why it's so important, is that what if, if you cook like it sounds like that you can cook, right? If you cook, if you cook like that, that's some kind of good, right? That's some kind of good, and it's a, and it's a source of pleasure. And food itself is if you if you're eating the right thing right you you want to have something that tastes you want to have something that that's, that tastes good and it and is satisfying and it becomes and it's food is promoted oh my god this tastes good why don't you have some of this and it becomes a source of pleasure for us and i'm not saying that that food shouldn't be good or and i'm nor nor am i saying that we shouldn't find pleasure from food but what i am saying is that if we use the pleasure that we get from food to mask the pain of daily discomfort. And if we're feeling daily discomforts daily, mm -hmm. we're feeling a lot of them all the time and we never deal with the discomfort, then what we'll find, we'll find ourselves just like you found yourself in a health crisis. We'll find ourselves never dealing, mm -hmm. never dealing with the pain. And the only way really, and you know it, I mean, we all know it. The only way to get through pain is to go through it. And and we and on some level, I think that we feel like that we're not supposed to feel discomfort. We're not supposed to feel pain, or if the pain will be so severe that it will kill us, that we won't that we won't survive it. And so, food becomes a becomes becomes a way to protect ourselves from it. But here's here's the thing that I found that is so true, is that when we when we use food and we protect ourselves from pain, we're also protecting ourselves from joy. That for us to for us to live authentically, we have to open ourselves up to feel every range of emotion that is available for us to feel. And but we're so afraid, right? We're so afraid that we're going to experience something that we can't handle that'll keep us from being strong, right? And the thing is gonna come anyway. And the, all the food does is delay it and we still have to deal with it. So once we move the food out of the way, once we move the food out of the way, it allows us to even to more efficiently and more effectively to deal with whatever comes, whatever comes our way. Yeah. Yes. It's just like with any other addiction, whether it's alcohol, cigarettes, whatever it is, we still have to deal with whatever's causing it. And that substance is just numbing the pain. Yes. It's not taking it away. It's not a cure for it. It's basically a temporary solution. Yes. Yes. And you know what? You mentioned the word numb. And man, that 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 word kind of resonates with me so much because you know what happened to me was that I did get numb right I got I got numb to the fact that I didn't that I didn't love my body that I didn't enjoy my body you just got you just got used to I got used to looking a certain way I got used to being a certain way and you just after a while you accept it and you think you you think it's too late like you, you, you think you think there's no solution you you think that there's no hope 
But I would, I would, I'll tell you something funny is that even as I kind of had that, that no hope, no solution, I'm numb to this thing, thought those thoughts in, in the forefront of my mind, deep inside, I had like this little, I mean, what's the, what's the Bible call it? This mustard seed. I, I had a, I had a, I had a mustard seed and my, here's my, here's what my mustard seed was. I'm going to lighten things up a little bit. My mustard seed was that if you can look back here, my closet, I had toy. I had five sizes of clothes in my closet. <laughs> I understand. I, you know, I I had every, I had everything from a from a twenty two to a twelve. <laughs> but in some of, in some of the things when I bought them, I couldn't wear them. But wow. but I bought them believing that maybe someday that I would be able to. Wow. And really going to my closet really stepping into my closet was 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 one of the things that kept me on track mm -hmm. and i will say this i will say this to i will say this to you if you are listening if you have said, if you have ever said to yourself oh i need to move that's the ups guy go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> if you've ever said to yourself oh i need to lose weight right I need to, who, who hasn't said that and who hasn't who hasn't said those exact words and who hasn't said it with that exact tone and i will tell you if you say those words exactly with that exact tone you're not losing a pound mm. because in order to in order to successfully lose weight and keep it off it's got to be a goal it's got to you have to do more than say it you have to write it down Right, you have you have to write it. You have to you have to write it down. You have to quantify it. Not I need to lose weight. It's I need to lose ten pounds. I need to lose twenty pounds. I need to lose thirty pounds. I need forty, fifty, whatever. That needs to be written down and you write it down every day. And then you need to put a timeline on it. See, I'm giving you all the I'm giving you all the juice right now. This is what I teach. I teach this every day. Put a timeline on it. I need to lose it by. A year from now, six months from now, give yours, give yours. Soon as you put a timeline on it, what here's what happens. The universe comes to help you reach that goal. Things start to come into your life to help that help that manifest itself in your life. Put an amount, put a timeline. Mm -hmm. Then here's the thing that's most important. I need to lose 20 pounds in six months so that I can. So that I can. Mm -hmm. Why? So that I can go to this party and impress everybody there when I get to my family reunion. So I can wear the dress in the closet. So I can get off this high blood pressure medicine. So I can cholesterol <laughs> medicine. So my knees won't hurt. So I can fit in the airline seat. So my so I can wear smaller shoes. What? So I can play with my grandkids. It needs to be. It has. It needs to be a reason. It mm -hmm. needs to be a reason that is bigger than the French fries. Yes, the reason that is bigger than the macaroni and cheese because I know yes. your, I know your macaroni and cheese is probably slamming, right? Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> so you got you got you got to have a reason, and here's the thing. So let me, uh -huh. so let me ask you this, Michelle. So what happens when that reason is over? For example, I have a television interview coming up next uh -huh. month. I want to look good when I'm on TV. Uh -huh. so I, I've already said it. I want to lose 10 pounds before that. So what happens the day after that television interview when the goal has been reached? And what do I look forward to then? You said another one. Okay. You see, you said, you said, you keep, you keep setting, you keep setting, you set something else. Even if that goal is to always look as good as I looked on that day, right? You because here's what happens when you set a goal like that, you, you, you go from, oh my God, I need to lose weight, right? To, oh, I need to look like this so I can be like this. But in your mind, there's a shift. There's a pivot in your mind to now you're you're losing the weight, you're getting the body that you want, weight want, and you're moving to something in joy. Mm -hmm. that, that's the that that that's what leaving large is really all about. It is moving to the body that you love and a body that loves you and doing it in joy. Mm -hmm. And when you can do it in joy, you will do it. If you stay focused on the benefit that will happen as a result to leaving all these habits and thoughts behind and beliefs that don't serve you behind, 
when you're leaving, when you're moving toward toward those things in happiness and joy, because you can see the result, you can see a result that serves you, that serves your health, that serves your family, that serves your body, that serves your career, because you're living motivation. Yeah, that becomes your motivation. But the thing is, we have to stay in that motivation. We have to stay in, we have to teach ourselves. I teach people how to do it. You stay, you stay in the motivation and then staying in that motivation becomes a habit. It becomes mm-hmm. something that you do automatically. And that's when your life changes. That's when transformation happens. It's like, it's like a baby. Mm-hmm. I don't have children, Latoya, but I've seen, I've seen a bunch of kids. I've seen a bunch of babies. Right? I've seen them. I was a baby once myself and you watch them. When babies are crawling, right? They're crawling, but they're looking at adults. They're looking at other little kids. They're looking at other people walking around, right? And they want to walk too because they see the freedom. They see the fun. They see the access. They see everything that the people that are walking around are doing because they will now they want to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So they're trying. They're trying to stand up. They're trying to, they're trying to do all that. And watch them, watch them. When they try to stand up and they make those first few tentative steps, Sometimes they'll fall. I mean, they always fall. They always fall. And sometimes when they fall, they'll cry, right? They'll cry a little bit because the fall shocks them. They're kind of surprised. Oh, I fell. Ah, right. They'll do that. Mm-hmm. But then after they fall and they realize that that fall doesn't kill them, they get back up and they try to walk again. They keep trying. And sometimes they still fall. But when they fall, you know what they do? They laugh. Watch them. After they know that the fall is just a little temporary thing, they'll, oh, <laughs> I, I fell. And they'll get back up and they will keep trying. And that that is the same, that is the same attitude that we have to adapt when we are looking to leave large, when we're looking to have a brand new attitude about eating and food and the journey that we're on. We have to understand that once we get to the other side, like I, I have lost 60 pounds, right? I've lost 60 pounds, 65 now, kept it off. I've lost and gained 700 pounds in my lifetime. And I sit here, I was a yo-yo dieter and I sit here in this chair and I am not worried one bit about ever gaining the weight back. Because now I'm a walking baby. Once you learn how to walk, you don't crawl anymore. And and that's the power of finding your food story. That's why I wrote the book. When you can get to the stories and understand how you got the messages kind of mixed up, right? Right? Like I did. You won't you you don't want to go back to eating in ways that don't serve you. You don't want to go back to eating when you're bored. You don't want to go back to eating when you're tired. You understand I'm thirsty. I'm not hungry. If I'm thirsty, I'm just going to drink some water. If I'm tired, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm not going to eat. If I'm bored, I'm going to do something that that energizes and activates me. If I'm sad, I'm going to reach out to a friend. I'm going to reach out to a family and get some support. If I'm going to happy, I just might skip. (laughs) But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to eat. Yes, definitely. What, what what I what I'm not gonna do is I'm not gonna eat because I know better. I understand better. I understand that the only purpose of food is nourishment and nutrition. Mm-hmm. And anything, anything else I need other than nourishment and nutrition, I get from another source. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the thing. That's the thing. And baby, babies don't go back to crawling. Not that not it's like a butterfly. My little my little thing on my logo is a butterfly. Once you're a butterfly, you don't go back to being a caterpillar. <laughs> Definitely. Michelle, your book is called Leaving Large. I'm gonna put your book up here. Okay. Leaving Large, the stories of a food addict. This is a beautiful book and it's available. Um, I have your website here. We can go to livinglarge.com to get the book. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. If you go, if you go to livinglarge.com, you can do you can do a couple of things. You can download a free chapter if you just want to, you know, check it out, see what it's all about. I'm, you know, happy for you, happy for you to do that. Okay. Now, you can also buy an autographed copy on my website. You go to my website, order it on the website, I'll sign it and send it right back to you. If if you want to get it right now, right? If you want to get it right now, the ebook is up. The ebook is up on Amazon at 99 cents. What a steal. I don't know how long it's going to be up for 99 cents, but wow. I, but let me tell you why I st- the book came out at the beginning of the month. Let me tell you why I still have it up at 99 cents. Because I want anybody who wants this message, anybody who is ready to be able to access it. 
It is, mm-hmm. it is just that important. It is just that life changing. And it, you know, it's not me, Latoya, just saying that I will t- I will tell you somebody ordered the book from me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call her out, Jacqueline Coles. She ordered the book for me a couple of weeks ago, right when it came out. And then last week she ordered 25 more for her friends. She came wow. and got them. She came and got them. 20, 25. I thought she was a bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's absolutely beautiful. So, so I know I I know that there are people that are that are ready for this message. I know I have, I know I have sisters out there who have struggled with this, and I I want anybody who is struggling, who is in the battle, just for some for some alignment, who's trying to get freedom, who just who just wants to wear the clothes in their closet and feel good about the clothes in their closet and not waste all that money, right? <laughs> Because here's the thing, if we if we get control of how we look and how we feel and how we can sh- how we show up, when we change what's going on in our mind and we change what's going on in our body, we can change our world. Yes, we can. We can change our world is absolutely possible. It is because it is what no it is um, December December eighteenth twenty twenty one. Latoya, my life is completely different. 2021 than it was in 2018. Completely different. Just mm-hmm. in this one, this one decision, this one decision. And it can it can happen for anybody. It can it can happen for anybody. You don't you don't have to wait 42 years. Like you don't have to t- you don't have to figure it out by yourself. You can learn from every every mistake, every misthought, every misstep, every everything that I went through is in that book. Make some new mistakes. New mistakes. Learn some new lessons. <laughs> look at look at my stories. Look at my uncle's stories. Look at those and and learn from those. See how is how it's aligned. How the stories are aligned with you. That's what that's what I would encourage anybody to do. As, okay. Now the twenty two stories are those all twenty are those all twenty two stories that you've written about mm-hmm. your experiences or are there twenty two stories about other people's experiences? Okay, so that's that's a great great segue. Okay. So the the stories in the book are twenty two stories of my own own experiences over my entire lifetime. In a and in a way, it's sort of the stories or or memoirish for la- for lack of a better word. Um, what I would like my next project to be would be is the is the stories of other people and there and there's actually a, a place in the book in the in the chapters and in the beginning for people to to share their own food stories with me because we all have so many stories to tell and there and and there's so many people that would benefit not just from my stories but from everybody else's stories because I'm telling you whenever I go out to go out to dinner or meet people and we start talking about food stories, the, com- the conversation just keeps growing and coming up. Oh my goodness, I remember when, right? Mm-hmm. It's because we have so many memories that are connected, that are connected to food and yes. food connects us in a, in a really intimate, in, a, in an intimate and special, in a special way. We just need to put it in the right Put it, put it in the right place. And you know what you're saying, Michelle, is so it, it's really hitting home for me because I don't have a lot of money. I mean, I'm not a woman of wealth. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. Uh, I grew up with my mom and my grandmother, and my grandmother was very poor. She didn't have a lot of money, but she was reverent. She was very respectful, and her love, her way of showing love, was she would cook for people and she would feed people. Everybody knew that Miss Bond on Mac Avenue in Detroit. If you couldn't get food anywhere else, you can come over her house because she would feed you. Yes. So I have adopted that philosophy in my life. I feed people. I take food to work. I mean, I work in downtown Detroit and I have to walk like it's like a 12 minute walk from the parking garage to my um, to my building. So what I'll do sometimes is I'll drive the food there first. (laughs) <laughs> drop, it off, drop it off at the security desk and then I go park my car. You know, it's like, it's crazy. And I, and I realize that, you know, food is an expression of, of love for me. When I cook a meal for someone, cooking is one part of it. But when I deliver it to you, it, once I plate it and I deliver it to you, it's like I'm giving you the highest expression of my love. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, so, so here, here's what I, here's what I want to kind of break apart with that. Right. Uh, so it, it, 
I, you know, I, I am reverent about the fact that food is love and that's how we, that's how, how we express ourselves and it's important. But, but food, the, the food itself is just nourishment, nutrition, like the food is just nourishment, nutrition. But if you're in a place where you're a people pleasing kind of person and I'm, and I, I am that right. And you cook for someone, someone cooks for you out of love because they want to, they want to uh, show their appreciation. They want to show their expression, uh, an expression of appreciation for you. Like in the old days, in the old, let me go say in the old days, let's say you cooked something fabulous and I know you, you brought it to me out of love. I could very well be full. I could have very well just eaten and you brought this wonderful dish to me and I would eat it. I would eat it not because I was hungry, right? But because I was grateful because I didn't want to hurt your feelings because I wanted to honor the fact that you, um, expressed yourself in such a loving manner. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought my only option in order to please you, right, rather than serve the highest need of my own body would be to eat this and and, and let you know that. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that's how the messages get get mixed up, right? And so we all get in a and that's just one example. That's just one example of eating for the wrong reason. And I am and I'm not sitting here saying not to be appreciative or not even to eat the food. What I'm saying is that we have to recognize that you're not you have to recognize that you're not hungry and the purpose of eating is hunger. And and but still honor you and have the language to say, "Oh my god, Latoya, this is fabulous. This is wonderful. This is beautiful. I love you so much for bringing me this food." I'm full right now. I just ate, but I am going to take it and I'm going to enjoy it when I get home. And I, I love you. I appreciate you for it. Yes. Now, everybody gets served. Now, everybody gets served. You get what you need, right? You need you 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 you, you get what you need. And then the next day, I'm going to come back and tell you how fabulous it was, right? <laughs> um, but, if, but, but the food doesn't end up being wasted because if I eat it and I'm full, I'm not going to even enjoy it as much as I really could have if I was really naturally hungry. I'm not going to enjoy as much. Mm-hmm. It's not going to taste as good. Sure. Right. And, and if I'm eating it for the wrong reasons, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. If I, if afterwards I eat it and I feel guilty because I really want, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to sit, it's not going to sit right. And the other thing, eat it and it, and it is extra calories that now I'm going to have to work off right now it's just extra weight it's just extra, it's wasted so when when we are overfed when we are overweight when we are over anything that is excess that that goes to waste so why eat it if i'm just going to have to you know work and and exercise 5 hours and starve myself the next day in or in order for it to be the, the true use of energy so that's just that's just one example but at that example that i give you suppose somebody experiences that all day long like mm-hmm. you, you experience it all day long. You feel like you have to eat all day long to 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 satisfy all the people around you because because on some level you feel like your own voice isn't enough. Right, right. And that's why I say this is about our relation, not about our relationship with food, but our relationship with ourselves. So when we can get to a point where we can say that, where I can say that to you, I love you, thank you for this, I appreciate you, and not and not feel any kind of way about turning down food because who turns down free food? You know, there, there's a, there's another piece of it, right? Oh, it's free. Let's go into the, you know, why, why we go have some free food, right? <laughs> but, but, but it's also, it's also complicated because we have, we have these, we have these messages around uh, what, what food means. It's like, I, after I get off the, off the call with you, um, I'm going to a funeral. Right. And um, a friend's mother died. And I, you know, I talked to her last week and I was like, Ann, I want to I want to come over. I want to come over and support you. I feel like I need to bring a casserole. Right. Cause that's, you know, because that's, <laughs> because that, that's what we that's how we show our love. That That's how we show our love. And that's how in many ways, how we accept, how we feel like we can have some control in a situation, especially, yeah. especially around grief. We can't I can't bring her mother back. I can't, I can't take away the pain of loss that she feels around her mother. Right. 
But I can't, but I can bring her some macaroni and cheese and, and give her and give her a little pleasure, right? <laughs> yes, and in all actuality, the macaroni and cheese is not gonna solve the grief fever. So exactly. I'm on your I'm on your website here, and you have a very powerful quote here that I'd like for you to elaborate on a little bit. Okay. It says, uh, you're quoted here on your website leavinglarge.com. Your website is leavinglarge.com. You have a quote here. It says, once you make peace with yourself, the scale will move in the right direction. Can you elaborate on that quote for me? Oh, yes, 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 yes. And I, I kind of alluded to, I alluded to it a little earlier. Mm-hmm. And what, what making peace with yourself means? It means that this journey is not about our relationship with food. It is about our relationship with ourselves. It is about our relationship with others. And make it and making peace with yourself means not being afraid to live in your full authenticity. Not being not being afraid to express your anger, right? When you make when you make when you make peace with yourself, you're you're able to say, you're able to say I'm sad. You're able to say, I don't feel good right now. You're able to say, I'm angry. You're able to say, I'm frustrated. And and know that if you express these emotions that are sometimes expressed as or, or seen as negative emotions, that doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you an unlovable person. That just makes you human, right? Mm-hmm. And so once once we make peace, once we make peace and understand that we're that we need to access all the emotions. Fear. It's 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 okay to be afraid. It's afraid. Of, it's okay to be confused. It's okay to not understand, because here's here's the truth about that. Whatever whatever we whatever confusion we feel, some you know people get frustrated when they're confused. They get mad. They get angry. They have, but confu- confusion has to happen before there can be clarity. I I am thankful for confusion because when I am confused, it means that I'm about to make a breakthrough. I'm about to move to a new level of understanding. That's what confusion is all about. But we think we're just going to be stuck in that confusion all the time, right? And that sometimes happened. I used to notice notice it myself at work. I'm at work. I'm trying to figure out a problem. It's just like, what is what is this all about? And I've got some snacks in a drawer, right? And so now you start snacking on whatever is the cookies or the going to the vending machine. Let me go get my. You think it's hunger, right? You think it's hunger, but it's not hunger. It's just that it's just that I just got off the phone with a crazy client, right? So, so, I, so, so I think I, I think I need to go yeah. get some burritos. You know that, and that's something that I'm. And that's something that I have stopped doing too, Michelle. When I'm driving, I don't eat. When I'm watching television, I don't eat. I don't talk on the phone. When it's time for me to eat, I have to sit and be present and be conscious with my food. Otherwise, I'm not going to enjoy it and I won't feel the pleasure of eating it. And then before you know it, 10 minutes later, it's like, wow, what what else do we have to eat? I'm hungry. So I always make it a point of being present with my food. I don't talk on the phone. I don't drive. I don't want to be interrupted because I want to be present with this moment right now. Otherwise, I'm going to eat. Uh, that, that, that is that is such great 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 advice you know what let me I'll, let me give you a little I- I- example uh you asked me about um making peace like making peace in the scale moving in, in the right direction so even though i'm in this work even though i know this it is it is something that i deal with every day but i deal with it every day in joy because i have understanding i have awareness and my work, my book, my writing, my speaking, my everything is around raising our collective consciousness about why we eat what we eat and getting to the story behind the food. And my whole problem as I started to look at it and really break it down and peel back the layers was because I was eating too much of the wrong things for the wrong reasons. And I was doing it unconsciously. And once we do exactly what you said, exactly what you said, raise our consciousness and be mindful of what we're eating and focus on that, then the scale will move in the right direction. But we have to, we have to monitor it. We have to manage everything we put in our mouth. Yes. Every single thing. And here are the three questions. I'm going to give you the three power questions. Here are the three power questions. If this food will not give me the body that I say that I want, why am I eating it? Power question number one. Power question number two, why this particular food now? 
Why this? Why now? That's power question number two. Power question number three. Am I really hungry or am I something else? Am I feeling something else? Maybe it's tiredness, right? Maybe I'm tired. People think, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm tired. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get something to eat. And then I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) You're laughing because you've heard that before. I'm I'm laughing because I say it. (laughs) If if you are tired, if you're tired, just go home and go to bed. You know, the food will not cure, cure tiredness. But here's the thing. We have this, there's this emotion around going to bed hungry. We, we have a food story, many of us, we have a food story that we're not even aware of that says it's not a good thing to go to bed hungry. And that, I believe, this is my own belief, comes from an old story of, not, of lack, of not having the money for food. And people in my family, we grew up, we went to bed hungry, we didn't have, right? That. And so you think it's a bad thing because it's associated with those memories of not having the food to be able to eat to satisfy the hunger. But the reality is we're not, we're not, we're, there are some people that are living in that space right now, but likely if you're watching this, you're not in that space. You can go to bed. You can go to bed hungry. Not go to, you can go to bed without eating. If you are tired, mm-hmm. you know, just, just go to bed. It's okay to go. It's go. It's okay to go to bed hungry. It, it, and I, when you it, wake up in the morning, you're not going to be hungry anyway. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. At, Absolutely. Because what you were was tired. Yes. And, yes. and so often, and you know, I just, I'm telling you, Tori, I used to drink, I was, I'd go to the restaurant and yeah, sit down and get a, you know, get a glass of wine, get, get a couple glasses of wine. That's because I was thirsty. I wasn't drinking water. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so we have, we have to start listening. We have to start listening to our bodies and we have to start treating our bodies like we love them. We treating, treating our bodies like we love our bodies. And if we love our bodies, Right. If we love our bodies, we're going to do more than get eyelashes. We're going to do more than get our massages. We're going to do more than get our nails done. We're going to do more than get our designer clothes. We're going to do more than that if we love our bodies. If we love our bodies, we're going to get enough sleep. We're going to sleep for eight hours. If we love our bodies, we're going to drink enough water. If we love our bodies, we are going to put nutritious, nourishing substances in our body. If we love our bodies, we're not going to overfeed our bodies. If we love our bodies, we're going to step away from stress. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to get out and walk. We're going to get out and move. So, you know, people say, oh yeah, I love myself, but take inventory, take inventory. If you're actually treating yourself like you love yourself and it's more, it's more than the external stuff. It's more than the earrings and we can put that we can put on and take off as much as I, as much as I love a good pair of earrings. Right? <laughs> so, Michelle, if anyone wants to reach out to you for your work, how can you be reached? Sure. Um, I can be reached a couple of ways. Probably the easiest way to reach me. Well, there are a couple of ways. My my Facebook group. I am brand new now. My Facebook. Yes, group. I have that here on the screen. I am brand new now is her Facebook group. So you can reach out to my Facebook group. If you want to email me, you can certainly do that. Now. You can certainly do that. I am brand new now at gmail.com. But the, the thing that I would recommend, I would recommend if you want to reach me, go to the website, leavinglarge.com, download a free chapter, download a free chapter of the book. And in that, in that free chapter, you will, you will get a story. You will get a story that really clearly helps you make the connection around eating or not eating for the right reason and for the wrong reason and get an understanding of how the food story just helps you break the pattern. This, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about counting calories. I'm not talking about counting carbs. I'm not talking about crunches. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about making a mindset shift. I'm talking about recalling the stories Calling, recalling the events, the memories, the experiences that have you believing that food can do something that it cannot. Mm-hmm. And once you just sit with that story, once you sit with that, mm, where did that come from? Then you can start making a shift. Then you start. Then you can start making a pivot. Pivot. It interrupts the pattern and allows you to start making better choices that serve your body. 
Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for that. Now, here on the podcast, Speaking of Love, I created this podcast in honor of my father who committed murder and then suicide to himself. And I created this platform as a means of spreading love uh, when people commit suicide and they involve their lives around um, things that are not healthy. There's a lack of love somewhere. So I created this podcast, Speaking of Love. My father was once a radio broadcast engineer. He had a radio show many years called Speaking of Sports. Now, I know nothing about sports, but I know all about love. So the million-dollar question that I ask my guests who sit before me, Michelle, how do you define love? What's your definition of love? Oh, wow, wow, wow. My definition of love. Here's here's the here's the thing that I know about love. I know that love is not an emotion. Mm-hmm. I know love is bigger than an emotion, because emotions change. I know that love is constant. I know that I know that love is never ending. I know that real love changes everything. Mm-hmm. It, it changes everything. And we have to start, we have, we have to start with loving ourselves first. And on some level, we think that we think that loving ourselves first is a selfish act, but it is not. It is not. The ability to love our love our own selves, love our own selves unconditionally, right? To be kind to our own selves allows us to be kind and loving to the people around us. When we give ourselves permission to do that and in that light that we, the light that we have inside ourselves, the light that we put inside of ourselves is light that we can give to everybody else. And so it start it starts here. It's, it's, it start it starts in our own hearts. It start it starts with us. It's this, it's, it, it, it I, you know, I, I want to say that it, that it's not, it's not definable, but it is definable. And it it is really a decision. It is, it, is a, it, is a, it, is a, it is a decision to live in truth. It is a decision to live in harmony. It is, a, it is a decision to live in unselfishness. It is a decision to live in and operate in a caring space. So that one, that one word is the most powerful word in the English language. I know that love is all there is. Mm-hmm. Love is why we were put on this earth. That that's that love. Love is the meaning of our existence. That's what that's what love is. Yes. Thank you, Michelle. I love it. Beautiful, beautiful definition. Thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Love. I do have one more question for you. When the pages of your life are reviewed, Michelle, and your mission here on the planet Earth is complete. What legacy are you leaving behind? What do you most want to be remembered for? Yeah, um, so I'm so glad you asked the question. I will say this, for years, like your dad, I worked in radio. I worked in radio advertising and it was a job that I loved. It was a career that I was very thankful for and one and one that I felt very passionate about, passionate and grateful, grateful to have. A, Every day, every day for 40 years that I went to my job, I enjoyed it and was just just love and still do, still do, still, still love the work. And for years, I thought I thought that that was who I was. And then I had this transformation around my body and my weight. And I read and I read somewhere that when you experience the places in your life where you have your greatest pain is where you have the opportunity to make the greatest contribution to the world. That's where mm-hmm. your where your gifts are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I sit here and I say some of the greatest pain that I have ever that I experienced in my life has been around my weight. And once I discovered, once I discovered the power in my food stories, I was, Latoya, I was like, oh my God, this is it. I cannot keep, this is my work. This is what I'm, so. this is why I went through every single thing in that book that caused me pain. Mm-hmm. That's 
why I went through it so that I would be able to come on the out on the other side and share it with anybody else to let them know that, that this pain will not kill you. Whatever has happened to you, if it's abuse, abandonment, if 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 it's disenfranchisement, if it's any if it's any of those things, you can survive it and you can find joy on the other side. This this is why I went through it. And you can't find relief from it in food. Relief that that will not do it. That, that's not where the relief is. So my legacy, what I what I what I want, what I want people, what I want to be remembered for is that. I shared my truth. I shared my truth in the hope that my truth would help somebody else. I shared my truth as painful as it was, as ugly as it sometimes was, as hard as it sometimes was. I shared it no I shared it no matter what because I knew that in my truth someone else I hope can find theirs. Wow, Michelle, that's so powerful. You know, that's what that's what I do here on this podcast. I've dedicated this podcast to people like you who have dedicated their lives to enhancing the lives of other people. You've taken your pain and given it a greater purpose. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Keep up the great work. Keep writing more books. And if anyone is interested in connecting with Michelle, her Facebook group is I Am New Now. I am you brand can, new now. I am brand new now is available on Facebook as her Facebook group. Her website is leavinglarge.com. Go there, download a chapter of her book, support her. She is an amazing woman with many skills and talents. And I am blessed and honored that you were here today, Michelle. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I can't wait to come up there to Detroit where you are and get some of that home cooking. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I know it's love. I know it's love, girl. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. I felt bad offering to cook for you after, you know, having our conversation. But no, I don't. Understand. No, 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 don't. No, no, not at all. Don't, don't, don't feel that at all. No, I, I, I accept it and I accept it and understand it in the spirit in which you said it. Well, thank you, Michelle. And let's stay connected. Maybe we can have a follow-up interview with you in maybe about six months or so from now. That sounds great. Would love to do it. Keep up your work, girl. Well, thank you all for tuning in this week. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to Speaking of Love, the podcast this week. I will not be here next week or the following week. I'm taking a little break for the holidays, but I will be back to uh, broadcast my next podcast episode. I believe it's the first Saturday in January. So you all take care. Happy holidays and take care of yourselves. And we will be back next year with more episodes of Speaking of Love, the podcast. I love you all very much.